Greetings, citizens of Earth. You are barking a happy tune with my pal Smurf of Smurf and the Magic Tones on 5280 Geek. Live from the Figus Studios, it is Weekend Geek Update. Smurf here, all by my lonesome, sitting in this fast studio, feet on the desk, looking looking like the boss. Well, it's easy to be the boss when it's just you in the room. <laughs> how you been? What's new? The world of geek, hell, the world itself is just spinning out of control. So many things to go over, lots of things to catch you up on. Conversations have been had. People have been met, and we have decided we're going to share them with you. We, as in me, you, and everybody else, because it's 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 a give and take. It's an interactive, because that's what we like here, and and we want to to share. First of all, let's get to our sponsor, Dragon Meadery, who is the proud sponsor for the Colorado Festival of Horror, as well as Fifty Two Eighty Geek. They have crafted this amazing wine called Decabitated. Uh, the link is down below. Get your limited bottle while it's still available or come and purchase the ultra VIP ticket package for the Colorado Festival of Horror, which includes two passes, a hotel room, and the bottle of wine. It is spectacular. I picked up a bottle, uh, bottles, and I, I may have indulged a little bit. I wouldn't say overindulged, but, you know, it was so tasty, so hard not to crack that thing open and just, mmm, so yummy. Dragon Meadery, link is down below. They have some amazing meads. Not only do they do wines, but the mead itself is great. They are working on a special one for me that I will be excited to announce later as soon as it's finished and all of all that stuff is done so we can uh, move forward with that but who doesn't love wine who doesn't love mead it's 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 symbiotic anyway lots to come on that we'll explain when it finally gets here but in the meantime what has gone on so many cons I've been busy I've been in I've been out um, we have Chicago Fan Expo this weekend. Uh, coming up will be, like I said, the Colorado Festival of Horror, which is September 15th, 16th, and 17th. Yours truly will be there, along with uh, some of my favorite horror friends. Uh, the guest list is nice, it's illustrious, and um, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is celebrating an anniversary. Uh, there'll be plenty of people in there to, to say hi to and get some photos. And interviews to be had. <laughs> but the con circuit has been very interesting. Have had some fun run-ins. We've been posting pictures from Denver. And uh, it, has been, it has been a long con season, I have to say. I'll be excited when I can sit back, relax, not be on the road as much. But in the meantime, I don't know if when I get off the road, there's going to be anything to come back to. So, the con circuit has been very interesting, and I, I'm very fascinated by what has gone on, especially with the writers and actors' strike that is currently that we're in the middle of. And now I saw another group that is thinking about unionizing, and I think it was Pixar that I had seen this under, uh, as far as like special effects artists are also thinking of unionizing and moving out there with the writers. And the actors, which I think is very interesting because there's no union. So with the special effects and animators, they can continue to do what they do. So I'm curious to see how this story goes. Now, some of the cons have been affected directly by the uh, writers and actors strike. A lot of the actors will not discuss future projects. That is off the table. So interviews have been... Very creative in some aspects of what questions do you ask the people that are there. I mean, because everyone always wants to know what's coming. San Diego Comic-Con, Hall H, like I said, looked like the Red Wedding. Things just got cut out of that. It was it was very interesting. But San Diego Comic-Con, 
in return also boasted having record numbers for the dealer's room and other areas. Well, yeah, because not everyone is waiting in line for the lottery system for Hall H. So it's amazing when you take this huge component out that suddenly there's nothing else to do because these people spent ridiculous amounts of money on hotel, the the plane ticket, the ticket to get into San Diego, the food, all of it. So, of course, they're going to make the best of it. They're not going to just like, eh, and, and kick rocks. So to see that, it's encouraging. I think, and it's funny because I think someone uh, posted in one of my groups of comic books are taking back San Diego Comic Con. Let's let's not be preemptive here. Let's let's simmer down now, Sparky, because let's face facts. There's nothing else going on, so yes, comic books rule the day. Will that continue? It's hard to say. As these companies get smarter and wiser and adapt, we've seen the success of companies breaking away from the larger cons and holding on their own little expos. Disney is is the latest in that group. Star Wars Celebration before that. All of the video game companies that decided to break off and do their own. Nintendo and and, and Adcom and Activision. and I, The list goes on and on. So if they're taking control of their destiny, so to speak, and doing their own, there is a good chance that San Diego Comic-Con will default back to its roots, to comics. And let's hope that's the case. We would love to see that. I think it's a little bit premature because there's still the expectation we still want to see new stuff will there still be a presence because you've got like netflix and amazon and all of these other companies that are trying to find their footing in this new streaming world that we're in and i think there's potential but i don't think san diego is going to revert back to comics same thing with the actor strike we don't know how long this will go the writers same thing the demands are not outrageous and you've got people on the corporate side shooting their mouth off prematurely, especially when you're thinking about Disney, in, in how things are working. And the fact that what they're asking for is outrageous. I don't think it's outrageous. Everybody deserves their, their money. Everyone deserves what they, what they get, what they have earned. And they shouldn't be shorted. No one should. You put in your time, your money, your effort, you should benefit just as much as whoever's backing you. Or what you're doing. Agreed. I'm on the actor's side. Again, voice person. I'm on their side. If they get it works for them, then it trickles down, right? I'll I'll see it, right? <laughs> so, with this in mind, we have all of these celebrities appearing at cons, and they're unable to speak about specific works. In regards to union and all of that. So you can talk about previous work, things that have been out for a while, but some won't talk about it. So I guess it just kind of depends on your representation, representation, and how that breaks down. Because I've seen some people who it is past work. It has been out for a number of years, refusing to discuss that particular project. And I, I'm not going to get into specifics because I'm not trying to call anybody out. But I've just seen a very interesting flow of information and in how interviewers such as myself are trying to navigate this as well as people putting on cons, i.e. Fan Expo and Read Pop, who are the two big expo juggernauts that are putting on cons across the country. So how does this affect the con goer and that's an excellent question will we see deflated prices probably not (laughs) and you're gonna see some interesting creative ways of doing panels as some questions are right off the board i've already gotten a list from a few agents in regards to what questions are acceptable and are unacceptable so I don't know how this plays out. I don't know how long we are stuck in this. Because as we start hitting the end of what's already in the can, stuff that's being, you know, it's finishing being produced and edited and it's in the final stages, what happens when that's done? I mean, 
I sure as hell do not want to go back to the influx of reality television that we got the last time we had a strike. Just stick my head in the oven now. I mean, sure, we may see an uptick in, you know, reading or video games, but, um, you know, what happens? Where does this go? When does it end? It's a very good question, and I don't have an answer for you. I'm sorry. I know you look to me for the enlightenment of your day, but there, the, the fact is... We've got we've got problems coming, and I want the actors taken care of. I want the writers taken care of, and if the special effects people band together, maybe that's the quicker step and process to getting everything tidied up, pretty like, and everyone can go back to work. That's all we want. Everyone go back to work. Entertain us. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> but one star. You won't have to worry about seeing really at all. As Jim Carrey announces, he's retiring from acting. Uh, He was quoted saying, I really like my quiet life. I've had enough, and I've done enough. And I think that's quite the statement, especially with everything that's going on. I know um, for a while now, he's also been doing a lot of... Uh, art and painting, and he's he's found a new balance. His final film uh, is the Sonic that just came out, Sonic Two, and I think that's it. But I think it's funny because I I remember seeing him in Kick Ass Two, and watching him do that role, and I have I've seen him in interviews. He had no idea just how gritty and violent that that comic series is and the scenes that he did and all of that. And he was unaware going in of what was going to be asked of him. And ever since that, I I think that just left an awful taste in his mouth. That's not what he is or who he is. So I think I don't, I'm sure that wasn't the straw that broke the camel's back. And like he says, he likes his quiet life and who wouldn't like a quiet life, especially when you're sitting on a nice huge nest egg that you can just, you know, get by, relax, not worry about it. I can't think of the last Jim Carrey film that I saw. I mean, to be honest, I didn't see Sonic. Sorry. Just not interested. It looked it looked good. I mean, we talked about it on the podcast multiple times and them retooling the Sonic character to look better. <laughs> but all in all, I mean, okay, Jim, I wish you luck. I haven't seen anything from you for a while anyway and I don't if you're not working, is it really retirement? But the one thing that the strike has given people the opportunity to do is collaborate and come up with new ideas. Because you have all these actors and producers and, well, not producers, but writers and everybody, you know, picketing together, have had time to, like, bounce some ideas around. And I think it's funny because I don't know what we'll see when everyone gets back to work. But one of the interesting stories, to me anyway, was Ryan Reynolds um, working with Paul Fusco, who was the creator of ALF. Uh, and he's looking to create new content with the with with Alf, and I'm like, mm, oh, okay. So, I, nothing really to to say past this. I don't know if the world is really ready for Alf, and I know the actor that played Alf has passed away, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so. To be honest with you, the voice of Alf, I think, was more important just because of the personality and what came through the puppet versus the actual puppet. I mean, I know Ryan. if Ryan Reynolds voiced Alf, that might be kind of interesting. I mean, it'd be like a shorter, furrier Van Wilder would be my impression. But I don't know if this, if this is going to get any traction at all. And like I said, there's a lot of rumors coming around as... People are just scrambling to find something to report on because there's not a lot to pick and choose out there. So it's kind of funny to just see. I loved ALF back in the day, but, I mean, this is a show from the 80s. I mean, I can't believe it ran um, from 1986 to 1990. And we never really did find out the final fate of ALF. All we know is that the aliens came and were coming to pick him up, if memory serves. Like I said... I don't think I finally saw the final season or the final episode, but we um, we will see. Uh, and let's face it, Ryan Reynolds has had quite the string of luck between his gin, Mint Mobile, that he sold for quite a nice substantial piece of coin, and he's got a, a soccer team, which I have watched a few episodes because there's a show on it. Of course there is. 
um, which is kind of interesting. I think they uh, was it Hugh Jackman. I think they actually had out to see a game, a match, and it it was entertaining. So. Uh, yeah, like so, Deadpool's on hold. So, what better thing to do with your your castmate than to take him and have him watch uh, a match with your your soccer team, right? So, let's try working like my gear. <laughs> the uh, what is caught my eye, which is a really good. Let's move on. Let, there, there's lots. I could go endlessly about the rumors and everything that's going on and the strike and. There has been lengthy conversations about people from people smarter than me and know more about it. So uh, that that's just my take on it. The shows that I have been knee-deep entrenched in and like otherwise totally engaged with, there have been actually some really good, solid things. Well, some solid, some not so much. Let's get the bad out of the way. Let's Let's talk about the final episodes of The Witcher, shall we? If you haven't watched it, don't. The one, okay, so the episode that we come out of from the cliffhanger, from the first half of the season, decent, okay, it's quite, quite gnarly, there's some, there is some massive casualties, and I thought, great, this is going to be cool, and then it drops off. This is how you're sending Henry Cavill off as the Witcher? This is how we end it? Are you kidding me? The episodes after the return are garbage. I mean, okay, maybe garbage is a bit harsh. You're right. Not really entertaining. There are some scenes, there are some moments, there's some some character development but it really doesn't go anywhere and it's kind of frustrating and you're just left with this bad taste in your mouth it is boring it is long it is drawn out and it didn't need to happen it's like they just ran out of script they just had people walking about bumping into the furniture and what they did to Geralt is just (sighs) again how do you follow up the season that we had, the beginning, which was great. It was moving along. There was drama. There was excitement. There was there was conflict. And then we had a massive conflict. And then everybody just took a nap. I don't get it. I don't I don't understand. It's frustrating is what it is. Because that is the end of Henry Cavill as the Witcher. And that's how we're gonna see him literally right off into the sunset. It is um why just why <sighs> everyone else as far as the characters and things that have gone on there were some great twists there were some fun things that we got to see characters do some interesting developments there was some back and forth that i, I think we could have done to kind of trim down some of the things but all in all uh, how see here's the bad thing you start off strong, but how you finish is is more important than I almost think the beginning. Because you can ramp up. You can lay the groundwork and have this nice build-up. But the end is what puts it all together. Ties it up and leaves you with a sense of satisfaction. A sense that, you know what, I want to go back and watch that again. Because I thoroughly enjoyed the ride. This ride? No. there No. Uh, I, I would stop. If you have not watched the second season, don't. You're really not going to miss anything. Just the second half of the season. Just just cut it off right there, right at the knees, and, and be done with it. Because I think, and there has not been um, a person in my camp that has liked the second half. In fact, I uh, a friend is like, nope, done. I'm, I'm, I'm canceling my Netflix subscription. I'm like, well, that's quite the statement. So The Witcher fell short, at least the second half. So then, I'm sure your question is, what is not bad? Well, what's better? (laughs) There's actually been some great stuff. So, again, Strange New Worlds, I'll cover the last few episodes because they're the most, I don't know, prolific ones that are standing out in my mind. Because we go from some very interesting, I didn't care for the Lower Decks one. The animated half, I don't watch Lower Decks, I don't care to watch Lower Decks. I don't give a shit. I really don't. The characters are uh, 
it's not for me. There we go. I'm not going to say anything bad about the characters. It's not for me. I don't care. So the crossover for Lower Decks and Star Trek um, it, it was fine. I just didn't. I didn't care. And maybe that was the reason for me not wanting to indulge it any more than necessary. There were some kind of fun back and forths. There were some grand revelations, and it was kind of fun, but I just didn't care for it. But everything else, the I haven't watched the new episode this week, and I'll get to that, but I, uh, I didn't want to spoil anything because I, you know, this is the last episode of the season and maybe the last episode for a while. So we uh, will get to that later. But last week's episode was just beautiful. It was it was gorgeous. It was I mean, I'm not a musicals kind of guy and I almost wish Bobby was around so that I could ask her, you know, cuz she's a big, you know, musical and 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 inclined person that I know, but it was in my humble opinion just gorgeous the 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 melodies the 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 story how they explained it it made sense in a star trek way and it still moved along it 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 kind of poked fun at itself which was appreciated and you 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 can kind of quickly dismiss the ridiculousness of everyone singing on a starship in Star Trek. I mean, it's the same thing, and I've seen lots of articles and interviews since then about how the the Buffy episode, which, of course, every, every Buffy fan knows, and I think a lot of the world of geek at large knows about the Buffy musical episode. And Star Trek's goal was to hit that bar or exceed it. And to be fair, even I have watched the Buffy one, and I, you know, I thought it was great. I thought it was very well done. But I honestly think that Star Trek has elevated it. And to see how they integrated all of it and made it mesh, it was, it was fun. It was, it was heartfelt. It was sentimental. There was, there was drama, and people are singing. I mean, Music Man all over again. How we go from here is anyone's guess. The Klingon episode was really cool. A lot, again, more character development, a lot of things. The season has been very unpredictable and enjoyable. From even the canon-loving Star Trek fan to the every so often passerby that is aware of it, but just likes good sci-fi. Monster of the Week has been perfect. Everything about this show has worked Seamlessly, in my opinion, even the alternate time traveling reality that we got to see worked very well within the confines of this established universe. And I think if there's one series that has exceeded my expectations, because I uh, I was like, eh, I don't think that that's going to affect me. Um, this is it. I honestly didn't know how I was going to work with this show. I the first season was good. I liked it, but the second season has far and away exceeded all of my expectations. And speaking of Star Trek, um the uh Star Trek Discovery series finale, final season, it's it's kind of heart it, well, it's heartbreaking because Jonathan Franks who directed the final uh episode and a lot of the people on the show didn't know that it was the end so they they feel bad that you know they were under the impression they were still going so Jonathan Franks felt particularly sentimental because evidently he directed the first half of the final episode and everyone at Paramount Plus just kind of just pulled the plug on it and just said, okay, we're, we're done. And, and, uh, after everything was done, said, this is it. Now they have done some additional shooting and everything else. And this is before the strike so that they can give it a better rounded end to these characters. Discovery. I kind of lost touch with a few seasons ago, just simply because there's always one, you know, massive, you know, galactic, issue after another so I, I i got bored with that especially when they blew up another planet i'm just like seriously there's so many better better stories and all that and so five seasons i think it, it's kind of ran its course now 
do we expect the same thing from Strange New Worlds? Is there a shelf life for this? I mean, there's only so much time between Pike being captain and Kirk taking over, which we've seen kind of hints at with the new um, captain, not even Captain Kirk. He's like a lieutenant. He's second in command. He's a lieutenant. And it's very interesting to have a younger Kirk running around so does strange new worlds have a shelf life could they make this go longer maybe i mean will it be like mash where you know the the series land ran longer than the actual vietnam conflict possibly i'm enjoying strange new worlds and like i said discovery i'm excited to see when it finally comes out um but uh there's no word as far as when we will see it is scheduled for sometime in uh, 2024, but we don't have a solid date. The uh, final quote from Mr. Jonathan Franks, who I think is an amazing director and has done some great work with Discovery, with uh, the Orville. I love his Orville episodes and even his Picard directing was, was spot on. The man just the man knows Trek. Uh, his final quote was this. I directed the first half of the final season five, which turned out to be the real finale. So that was a very emotional end as well. When we did it, we didn't know it was the end. And then, Discovery Example producer and director, uh, Ornate Osamarani? Oh, yeah, that's a mutilation. Sorry. Uh, Had to go back up and do two or three days of new stuff to actually make the final the final. So at least they realized that they had to go back. They had to fix it. What the final fate of Discovery remains a mystery. I'm sure they're going to blow up something else or some galaxy-ending thing, or maybe they'll get flung further into the future. Maybe. I don't know. Excellent questions all around. But um, I'm, I, I like the Michael Burnham character. I like a lot of the characters on Discovery. But I think the novelty just wore off, and they went the wrong direction. I really I think that the, the, there could have been a better direction and a different way to go about it. But that's just my opinion. I could be wrong. Uh, Strange New Worlds, final episode for the season is up. Can't wait to see it. And uh, yeah... The other show that I just dove right into and binged the living shit out of, Good Omens 2. Oh, not what I was expecting, and I have to say uh, way better um, than the first installment. I know that's it's hard to say. There's so many amazing Easter eggs. We do get a fair amount of Doctor Who references. We even get a former Doctor, besides David Tennant, in the series. So, actually, there's there's we even get a Master. We got a Doctor. We've got a few other you know kind of characters who've shown up in Who, which is not surprising, especially when you're dealing with BBC productions. It's easy to have people cross. Over, but the appearances are 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 great, and it's awesome. Now, Good Omens two, if you are any kind of book nerd, are aware that this book does not exist. Having spoken directly to Neil Gaiman about this, uh, he informed us that there was always planned for two more books. That him and Terry had actually had lengthy conversations in regards to how the story was going to progress. How was uh, this story going to go from our first book to the third? And there was a lot of discussion between the two of them, how they wanted to do it, how they wanted to achieve it, and continue building this this world. And I have to say that it's it's glorious. The I... Like I said, I think I like this series better than the first one. There's a lot of... But I think actually both are very integrated because there's a lot of relationship between the main characters, between Tenet and Sheen, that I don't think would be there if we didn't have such a powerful first season. 
So to watch that, and then I did go back and watch the whole thing, first and second season back to back, to just kind of take it all in. And it is it is very well done. It is such a fun little thing. And there's some interesting kind of developments. I don't want to give away any spoilers, but the cliffhanger it ends on is, wow. Um, we can only hope that we get a third season. I know that... Um, of course, everyone is on the fence with, again, said strike. But you're dealing with, you know, uh, companies that are like, ah, eh, we don't want to do another series, and they just kind of leave it as it is. Well, Neil Gaiman has actually come out and said, if they do not do a third season, he is going to write a book about the third season, that he will actually produce the third season in novel form, which means I'm going to bet that it's already done, and it's it's the parachute. It's the just-in-case. It's the break glass. Here we go. I'm ready. Boosh. Let's go. You know? So it's going to be fun to see where this goes. Now, if you haven't watched Good Omens 2, by all means, please do. It is worth the watch. Actually, both Good Omens 1 and 2 are very well produced, very well conceived, and the dialogue and the character development is spectacular. And Tenet is very, I mean... It's hard to place what Tenet is doing as far as the character in this. Because as I'm watching Tenet move around in the space and how he's acting and how he's kind of uh, elevated Crowley's character, it has a very Bill Nye kind of feel to it. You know, the guy from Pirates of the Caribbean, he's amazing and everybody loves him. And I'm trying to think of other... I mean, he was in Underworld. That's right. Pirates of the Caribbean in Underworld. He's, he's, he's spectacular. And of course, again, also appeared in Doctor Who. But the way Tenet kind of carries himself and walks, there's a very Bill Nye-esque feel to how he's developing Crowley's character. And I, I was fascinated just by watching him move around and, and just kind of act, like I said, in the space. So to see him do it this way is is particularly entertaining i i'm thoroughly in so you give it a watch the other show that absolutely uh had me pulled in and what i have seen so far on people's responses has been encouraging positive the twisted metal series which is on peacock is genius anthony mackie i've never really been a fan of and i'll put that out there right away uh, Black Carbon, uh, I, I didn't care for his character. I, I don't know if I really liked him in Captain America. He was just kind of there. It, it, and, and maybe we just haven't given him opportunity enough to shine. Twisted Metal gives him that opportunity and far exceeds my expectations as far as post-apocalyptic film and soundtrack to coincide with said scenes and just the overall freaking story. Holy crap, this thing is beautiful. I don't want to say beautiful. It's great. It is spectacular. There is carnage. There is drama. There is real emotion. It's so far past what Walking Dead ever really wanted to be in regards to emotion. Like, I just saw someone die that was important to me, and I'm going to act out. You know, and that is how it should be. The immediate, like, responses. The Last of Us, yes, I still... I'm, I'm, I'm a big proponent for it, and I loved that series. But very heavy, very drama. Now, the Twisted Metal game is based on a Sony PlayStation game, which I own still, and it, it's fun, and I never expected them actually making it into a show. But it is absolutely so well done. And like I said, Anthony Mackie's character in this is he's he's spot on. You 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 get I don't know I, I you you can feel you can totally be in his position and totally get what he is trying to do. And to see him act inside of this space, it is perfect. Now, of course, he doesn't carry all of it. Sweet Tooth, which is the psychopathic guy in the clown mask, voiced by Will Arnett, is genius it is absolutely perfect these episodes are only 30 minutes and i again 
binged the shit out of it because I've got nothing better to do with time than watch TV when I'm on the road. So getting caught up on these things is quickie and easy, and it's on Peacock. So I think most everybody has got Peacock. It's a little edgy. There's some language, thankfully, and as you would expect, it's post-apocalyptic. I think people would cuss. I honestly think that there would be some violence. And to see what Peacock does with this is so, so good. Sweet Tooth's character is nothing short of an Academy Award acting presence. There you go. I put it out there. It's 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 free. Because it is, it is awesome. Of course, it's not Will Arnett uh, that's doing it. I think there's it's a WWE wrestler. Um, I I don't remember his name, but I know he is the he's the body. While Will Arnett is doing the voice of the character, which works great to see these two coincide so well to mesh. Because obviously, the wrestler. Um, Oh, uh, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe is the wrestler from WWE who's doing uh, Sweet Tooth. To see him basically just carry on this performance with Will Arnett voicing behind is is seamless. You honestly, I you get the feeling that they're they're the same person if you didn't know any better. So to see this just come out and and present so well is it's refreshing. It's fun. It's different. There's nothing else like this on TV right now. I would say go watch it right now. In fact, after you listen to the rest of the podcast, go go watch that. Okay, and speaking of wrestling, I did watch the Jackie Chan uh John Cena's uh film which was actually fun. Um, I, 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 it's difficult to say. Okay, it's difficult to say this. John Cena is really good. <laughs> the film is called Hidden Strike. It's on uh, Netflix right now. Sorry, I had to think of which one it was. And John Cena absolutely shines in this this movie he's gotten better uh, he's likable i don't know if it's just because of my enjoyment of peacemaker that's clouding my judgment i don't know what it is but just watching cena interact with jackie chan and that could be the other side of it jackie chan is just such a presence when you're dealing with a film and just what jackie brings and i mean we, he's he's getting up there in age at this point, Jackie Chan, I think by last count, is probably late 60s at this point. He's still doing stunts. There's still some fun, you know, wire act and a great fight scene. You know, there's not as many. The bloopers now more dialogue than him trying to do stunts at the end of the film. But they leave the action and the huge fight scenes, of course, to John Cena, who delivers with with an Impressive volley of stunts, action, fighting, there's wrestling moves, and just to actually hear him speak and interact and just, I this is what I think John Cena is. This is who I think he is. And he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's having fun with it, and it shows. To see these two on screen has been a joy, and I hope, actually, I want to see more of these two characters together it does have kind of like a rush hour feel to it but you're you're not missing chris tucker and his mouthy stupidity of going off and acting like an, a right fool john cena kind of plays the fool and is is humble about how he delivers this role and it's refreshing and it's fun jackie chan is the serious guy and it it works it works so well that i'm i'm really hoping that we do get uh, a sequel, hopefully. But if you haven't watched Hidden Strike, like I said, it's on Netflix, and it's worth it's worth the hour and a half. I think I think it's an hour and a half. It's not that long of a sh- uh, movie, and it's nice to actually have a movie instead of having like a whole series that I've got to watch. Sometimes I just don't have that kind of time. And speaking of series, I don't have time for. What the fuck was Secret Invasion? I apologize. <laughs> but seriously, what the fuck? <sighs> what did I just watch? What did I see? What 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 what? I mean, 
<sighs> if you haven't watched it, don't. It's 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 abysmal. It's it's boring. It's it's a waste of time. We, they 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 just basically destroy the Nick Fury character. They crapped all over the whole storyline of Secret of Invasion, and I just I I don't get it. I love that the 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 quote that I read the most, and this is it directly. Is it our job to fulfill their fulfill their expectations or tell the story that we're telling? And this is directly from Disney. Yes, it's your responsibility. It is your responsibility to meet our expectations. Or why the fuck are we watching this garbage? Because we want to be entertained. That's the whole point. We and we want you to we want you to honor the the story. We want you to to do it justice. We want to see it brought to the next level. And when you don't do that, and you just piss away all of these characters and and basically undermine what we've established so far as defined characters it's insulting it's insulting to the fans it's insulting to the viewers this is just i don't know what this was samuel L. jackson couldn't have been happy with this I, I and i don't know if he just showed up because he's under contract or he needed the paycheck i mean he obviously doesn't need the paycheck he's samuel freaking jackson he doesn't need the 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 paycheck he can choose his projects so what the hell was this why that's all i keep asking myself is just why i mean i i don't know what story they were trying to tell and and there 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 was there was there's potential there were so many good moments that this could have went one way and it went the other and it's just a shame it really is i know we didn't get any other huge characters and and they do explain that well as far as why nobody else is showing up we get you know some different takes we lose talos i know spoilers but do you care i didn't i mean talos was great and i loved him in captain marvel and you know as a scroll and someone as an actor in his his portrayal it was great i i loved it and i was looking forward to more with uh all of these characters Especially with them interacting with Fury and Fury being Fury, and he ne- and Fury never shows up. And I again, spoilers, but Fury does just shows up. What we get is a husk of a character, and they try to explain it away, but it doesn't work. The explanation is is faulty at best. This is I know the lowest ranked Disney Plus show right now, and I understand why. No. I had plenty of fans and I had a lengthy conversation with Jerry and Jerry and I go back and forth on, on these particular movies and things very, very eloquently. He is very well read and he's an artist and he understands a lot of it. So him and I have similar, but there are conflicting views, which are fun to discuss and we get into it and we talked about this and he's just like, dude, that thing is a mess. And I, I, there's no way I'm going back to it. And I, I understand. I watched it just for the simple fact that I just wanted I wanted to see the train wreck. I wanted to see if I was right and I was. And Disney just stop. Just stop. Put someone else in charge, please, cuz I can't I can't take it anymore. I just can't. Just don't do it. <laughs> I digress. What else? Um, last bit of streaming news. Netflix Disenchantment will be ending with part five. So next month with the premiere, which is September 1st, they will be wrapping up Disenchantment. I actually abandoned this show after the first season and saw no point of going back. How it made it five seasons is a surprise to me because it just was a rehash of all of the previous good jokes that I had seen in Futurama and um, everything else that uh, Matt has done. There are some nods to the Simpsons and everything else and I would stay with your strengths of, you know, continuing with the Simpsons and uh, focus on Futurama. That's the stuff that people care about, but how disenchant... I mean, I'm glad it's over. Maybe I'll watch it, but I couldn't tell you why, and i surprised it made it this long. A lot of my contacts and people that are in my circle also abandoned this series after the the first season. So when it originally premiered in 2018, um, it was it was f- okay. Like I said, 
there the, the, it was just such a rehash of so many jokes that had come prior and Futurama did it better and it really was it was a, a comparison because when we tried to go back to the first season because we, we thought maybe we were being hasty and I'm not going to say who this was but it, it was fun to sit down and we did a who told the joke better and it literally came down to almost every single joke that was just ripped off from, you know, wherever they got it was better than what they were doing in Disenchanted. So the characters were fun, yes, but the jokes just failed. And it was kind of just, I don't want to say a cash grab, but it really felt like that. It was just like, how edgy can we be and not be edgy? And, you know, like, ugh, just ugh. I apologize if you're a Disenchantment fan, um, and and maybe I missed it. Maybe it got better, and if it did, please tell me, because I don't think I'm going back. <laughs> On to movies that are jumping out and having fun. If you haven't read our Meat and Potatoes reviews, please do. Uh, they are insightful, they're spoiler-free, and they do... Not pull any punches, uh, and which is surprising because Barbie really is that good. I know. Who knew? The horror side, though, has had some really interesting hits. First of all, talk to me. No, not li- well. You can. I'm here, but no. The film talk to me, which is a very unique and interesting story. I have to say that this um, is a very unique and entertaining idea. The premise is simple. You have this disembodied stone hand uh, with its own story that you can hold and you say, talk to me. And on the other side of the table will appear a ghost. Uh, Somebody, it's random, and it's somebody different every single time. That's why they keep doing it. So it's kind of an interesting, probably endorphin kind of rush. Then... They take it a step further. So not only do you see them, but you say the phrase, I let you in. You are then possessed by said ghost and, and spirit, and you act out. There's a time limit as far as two minutes that the spirit can be inside the person. After that, it, it, it causes irreparable damage or harm, and uh, you basically break contact, blow out the candle. And it's, there's a series. It should come with an owner's manual. So the story itself is very unique. The characters, albeit are not really too predictable, but they have their, their archetypes. So watching this film is is fun. It's entertaining. There are some very interesting um decisions decisions made but i think there's also um a lot of missed opportunities because when we get to the nitty-gritty we when you say uh talk to me when you grab the hand we only see one or two different ghosts which i thought would be an ample opportunity to really kind of flex the 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 creative side. Let's get like thirteen ghosts. Let's get some really creative ghosts. And you see the this brief representation of a couple of people that have obviously crossed over. Something went horribly wrong, and we it's very interesting because one of the characters is 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 still distraught over the passing of their mother, and. Again, it's kind of it's no surprise that of course that we do finally reach this person supposedly. There's also some very inter- interesting interactions with the environment itself as the person is interacting with the hand. The story itself is unique. It's driven by loss and heartache and the need to <sighs> reconnect with the ones that you've lost. But in addition to the uh, the consequences and there is a brutal scene with a person that interacts with the hand that is just wild and we see the consequences of staying in contact with the hand too long and letting the spirit stay inside and again kind of saw this one coming but didn't see the brutality in which how it, it transpired i have other theories and i don't want to give you too many spoilers but there, there, there's definitely some choices, but I have a feeling, and this is my theory, and that I'm willing to share, and you can compare if you do see the film, and if you have already, give me some feedback on this. 
But I think it's the same. I almost think it's the same spirit that's taking different forms to coincide with the person on the other side. And it's the last person to get in contact with the hand that's left. I, I, I know it's a stretch, but there are just moments that I'm thinking it's the same spirit that's just trying to appeal to the other person on the other side of the table. It's an like I said, it's a very interesting story. It's it's very compelling, and for a horror film, for something new and different, it's worth a watch. The other film, uh, The Last Voyage of the Demeter, is getting some rave reviews. I got some feedback on the screening of it last night, and it uh, it lives up to the hype. The pages of the captain's log have been pulled from Dracula and they have built a whole film based on just the premise of the captain's log and it's really compelling it's a great idea i've heard that it really resembles a lot of like some classic monster scenes and i know universal is trying to rebuild its monster franchise and this might be its best idea yet. We'll see. Uh, as more people watch this, I'd love to hear your input and see what your take and thoughts on it are. Well, that kind of wraps things for this week, it looks like. More to come. Lots of stuff going on. We have the beer launch for Kofo coming up with uh, Outworld Brewery, so keep an eye out for that. Of course, Colorado Festival of Horror next month. Uh, There's lots to still go on this month in Colorado. Uh, The Colorado Springs Comic Con is coming up. There is Scream Queens, which will be... Yeah, Scream Scream Screens, uh, which is this coming weekend, in addition to Monster Days, which is up in Greeley, which is uh, a fun little thing. Holy crap. That is, if you haven't gone up to Greeley and done Monster Days, Distortions, of course, who sponsor Colorado Festival of Horror, uh, helped put this on. And it's it's a fun little thing. It's Saturday, and it just it just runs the, the, the day. Something outside, something fun, something different. So if you if you got nothing going on, there you go. Or if you're in the Chicago area, uh, there is Chicago Fan Expo this weekend. So plenty to choose from, and I'm sure lots. I don't have like the whole city, uh, country laid out in front of me to tell you where everything else is going on. But I apologize if I'm not touching on a place near you. <laughs> and on that bombshell, we shall say goodbye. Please give us a like, give us a share. Tell all your friends about the little dirty secret that we are. But in the meantime, run fast, laugh hard, and always be kind. Good night!